lost goods, our lost riches, things that were stolen from us or things that uh, we couldn't lay hold on at the time when we were meant to have laid hold on them. And it reminded me of I think, I think it's in Love the Way to Victory, right? I must have read it this morning or yesterday night. Where Ken Hagen, where the Lord was rebuking him when he was talking about the 12 years or 14 years he lived outside of his will, in a permissible will. And he asked him, he, he said that, okay, now maybe I'm mixing up two stories. But where I'm going to is that Ken Hagen did not walk in faith in what he believed the Lord asked him to do. Right? And so I saw for the first time that it requires faith for me if I'm, for example, if I, if I believe the Lord asked me to, to minister here in this church as a pastor, it requires faith for my ministry here to be blessed. Even though I'm doing it, but I must do it in faith. And not in doubt. That's that's quite strong, right? Because there are many things that we're doing, and we keep wondering, Lord, am I in your will? Am I doing the right thing? Am I not doing the right thing? And we're still doing them. So we can't fully please the Lord in those things, except we're fully persuaded. So that's how terribly critical faith is and how terribly critical it is important that we get it right hallelujah we get it right so is there anyone that has something to say to that okay Eka has something to say Well, not necessarily to that. Um, I was just, when you asked earlier whether there was anyone that had anything to, you know, say, I actually did. I was just kind of like, okay, let me wait. Maybe someone else has. But um, um, So this is basically from the vigil to now. Um, <clears throat> when, you know, Francis was leading prayers yesterday, last night and everything and um 
you know, he mentioned, he mentioned his banner over me is love, his banner over me is love. Um, I think I was really just, I think I focused um, a lot of my prayer on, you know, that, oh, his banner over me is love, his banner over me is love. And then I um, remembered a dream that I had. I actually do have the, I feel like I do have the liberty to share it. Um, I remember seeing in this dream um, that I was like this huge carnival, I don't know, like, you know, where you see like merry-go-rounds and seesaws and all that stuff, like all those fun, these things that we categorize as fun um, rides and stuff. And I remember that my dad was with me and there was this shiny card, like an ATM card, very shiny and it was purple in color and he was very glittery and everything. And he handed me this card and he said, get whatever you want. So um, in line with that, like, you know, I was just meditating and meditating on his banner over me is love, his banner over me is love. And there was also, um, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I was really meditating on it, meditating on it. And then along the lines of um, he's restoring all that was taken from us. Um, I was just pointing out from, from the time I remember I, some you know, things were happening you know, to me. I pointed out from the, that time until now, until my age 24. And I was just saying his banner over you was love. His banner over you is love. His banner over you is love. His banner over you is love. And, you know, um, I was actually seeing this um, playing out before my eyes. Like, he has prepared a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. He has prepared a feast. So, um, I think um, something that we should just remember is his banner over us is love. He has prepared a feast. He has prepared, I, I, I actually added, you know, um, added, I was saying he has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He has prepared a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. He has prepared a festival for me in the presence of my enemies. I was just really meditating and meditating and meditating on that. I was just seeing it playing out before my eyes, like God literally right where my enemies are my enemies are right in front of me but god is just setting up a table he's setting up a feast he's like come and eat let your enemies watch you eat in let 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 us eat in the presence of your enemy let's feast together in the presence of your enemies like i was just seeing that like playing before our eyes before my eyes so um i don't know just feast in the presence of your enemies. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's so profound um, because it's almost sometimes we make it sound like our enemies are stronger than God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now there are some enemies that God will turn backwards. But there are some enemies that he will just leave and hinder them from hinder them from stopping what he wants to do in your life. Praise God. 
and then they see you uh, multiply, they see you recover, they see you blossom, they see you bear fruits, and there is nothing they can do about it. They will just gnash their teeth in regret, gnash their teeth in anguish and um, whatever it is, but they can't stop what God is doing or what God has set before you. And that's a critical promise, very critical promise. Um, in the past few weeks, I've never really prayed the Lord's pr the, uh, the Psalm 23 prayer. The Lord is my shepherd. It, it's never been one of my, because I prayed it a lot as an Anglican person. It almost became like a religious scripture. But it's one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. So recently I found myself repeatedly declaring that psalm over myself. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou hast prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou hast anointed my head with oil. And my cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. This is a powerful psalm. It's, everything is in this psalm. Your trials are there. Your victory is there. You know, um, the hand of the Lord is there. Everything is in this psalm. You comfort me. Your seasons of difficulty, seasons of challenge, but comfort is drawn by rod and thy staff. That's God's word and God's authority. Times of affliction. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, so, um, I, 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 I don't have the preaching anointing this evening. I haven't touched it yet. <laughs> if it will come, <laughs> we'll wait and see. But what I just want us to know is that you require faith to lay hold on your recovery. Praise God. And if you think that after 30 days of prayer, you know, the enemy will just dance away, then maybe you're, you know. Because what we have done is a lifelong thing, right? It's what we, being in the presence of the Lord, um, constantly pressing into God, it's a lifelong thing. It's not what we do once in a season, and after that season, we dump it, and then we go party, and we go um, living, you know, carelessly, and living worldly, or living just, it might not be worldly, but not paying too much, too much attention, attention. Too much attention to our prayer life and our spiritual life and watching over um, our territory. Hallelujah. Kenneth Hagin told, not Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland. I listened to a teaching by Kenneth Copeland many years ago, 30 something years ago, I listened to that teaching. It's still in my head. 
And he said that the most vulnerable season in the life of a believer is after victory. The most vulnerable season in the life of a soldier is after victory. And after victory, you drop your, your guns, you drop your weapons, and you go rejoicing, you go feasting. And while you are doing that, the enemy will sneak in on you and strike a very deadly blow. So having said that, I want to say emphatically to everyone here that the prayers that we have prayed in the past one month, we didn't, we didn't end it so that we can sleep all night. So now it's time to sleep. We'll wake up by, go to bed by 10 and wake up by 6 a.m. Join 6 to 7 a.m. prayers and then we'll continue life. You'll be kidding yourself. Okay? That, that thing was a training. It's a training to bring us into a lifelong prayer life. I don't know if my English is correct. I think it is. Huh? It was a training to bring us into a lifelong prayer life. So the only thing that is different now is that you have to now um, um, schedule your own time. Okay, we forced everyone to pray 4 to 7 or 4 to 7.30. But now you have to schedule your own time and press into God until you see your recovery. Don't see it in dreams and start rejoicing. When you see it in dreams, press and press until it manifests in the physical. Praise God. Hallelujah. I believe that generally we should be in the, in the realm, in the Zoom, we should be praising God and thanking God. But I also know that there are some people that have not broken through. There are still some people that need to till the ground more in the place of wrestling. Okay? Now, to wrestle doesn't mean you don't have faith. In fact, for you to be wrestling in the first place means you have faith. Those who don't have faith, they are the ones that don't wrestle. That ones who never get into the battle. They don't have faith. So, some of us know that we need to still keep pushing. Hallelujah. Praise God. And whilst you're pushing also, we'll be pushing with thanksgiving and with praise. Alright, I want us to look at a few things and I want everyone to participate. Um... Pastor Sibor is not around. He brings his greetings. Um, hallelujah. I should be in a meeting now with Bucky Davis, right? Hallelujah. That's awesome, isn't it? <laughs> hallelujah. As soon as they heard he was in town, they said, come over to Alabama. Come over, come over. Praise God. Hallelujah. We thank God for that. All right. Um, I want us to look at some of the things that can hinder us from recovery. What are the things that can hinder us? Even though God, how many of you believe that God has answered all the prayers that we prayed? Right? He has answered every single prayer. Open wombs, children, marriages, uh, what do you call it now? Seasons, 
anointings, giftings, assignments, business opportunities, any other kind of opportunities. God has answered all those prayers. There's not a single one he didn't answer. However, you must receive it. It is not God's responsibility now. It is your responsibility to receive it. So we want to look at practically what are the things that can hinder us from receiving what God has released for us in this season. Anybody? Yes, Francis. Francis, Francis Isibo Jr. Pastor Francis Jr. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so I think um, something I, I feel like is very important um, is on not understanding the magnitude or the significance of what God is doing. Sorry, one second. Is there anything that says that a preacher must stand up while every other person is sitting down? Is there any law? Is this in the Bible? Is it okay for me to just take a seat? Thank you so much. <laughs> I'll sit down also. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to break scriptures. And we don't want to break spiritual protocol. Praise God. Yes, I want to sit. Just like you, the way you are sitting and hearing, I want to sit. So continue, Francis. I'm sorry for interrupting. Oh no, you're fine. You're fine. I wasn't you? sure how long your God going to speak for. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I should be very comfortable while you are talking. Hallelujah. Okay, so I'll just keep on speaking. So I think significance um, is a very important thing. Um, when, for example, now this mama announced this, I already had a personal regimen that I was on, but. I did not initially realize the significance of what was happening. Hold on one second. The Spirit of God is hovering over us right now. So I don't want you to tamper with the atmosphere. I just felt his presence, and I felt that um, he needs our attention. So because the meeting is going in this direc direction, don't think that the power of God here is any less. Hallelujah. All right. So initially, I didn't realize the significance of what was happening. And usually, that's what God uses to help me is uses people or questions or things like that. Like, if I'm not seeing something is important, to get my attention, God will speak to someone else to get my attention. So when I announced this, um, initially, I was like, okay, this just flows into my regiment. I didn't realize that God was actually doing something on a national scale, on a statewide scale, and on a family scale, down to a personal scale. Um, there's many things that God, for example, now um, has wanted to do through Lagos. Back in the day, there's specific regions in Nigeria that are like landing ports of spiritual operations of God in Nigeria. Lagos used to be a major place where God released things, like a place of announcement, a place of declaration. So a ministry like this, for example, now would be a wonderful place that God will use to announce things that he wants to do nationwide. But because of... Um, negligence because of recklessness and all kinds of things because of money politics power fame people have been ambitious and different things we lost that and that thing moved to different regions some of it is in Zaria some of it is in the east of Nigeria some of it is in the middle belt and what I began to see over time was I began to realize that oh wow what is happening here is actually God bringing God wants to actually restore something 
in Lagos for Nigeria. That's, what, that's actually what's playing out here. Now, people that are able to sense this thing, they might not have the articulation of, of like the clear articulation that we had of recovery, season of recovery. But what's to manifest that is a burden to see God in the place of prayer, intensified pursuit of God. Now, all of this will be playing out, and the way that God would do it would be, God will begin to place people in different things. Some people, there is a child that you need to have at a specific point in time, and that child is a goodly child, and there's something that has the plans of God for a future season revolve around that child being present. Some other people, a specific creative gift will be necessary to release or launch something in the future. That gift has to be birthed now so that it can be nurtured and stewarded to mastery and maturity by the time it is needed or called upon. Some other people, it's the way God does things. When Jesus Christ is about to be born, the angels don't go and announce to King Herod. They don't go and announce to, who understands what I'm saying? They will announce to shepherds. They will announce to seemingly nobodies. But they will announce to Simeon and Anna. Who understands what I'm saying? That's right, the prophets. The prophets. So you find that on a normal scale, it seems like nothing is happening. But only those that are very sensitive and the people that God wants to work through would get, would get wind of what God is trying to do. Now, what will happen is that those that are getting what God wants to do, they will take in, literally like the Marys and the Elizabeths, they will take in and they will go and hide themselves for a season and allow something to be birthed. And when that thing is now birthed, it will now have it showing later on. My point on all of these things is that, I notice that all of my prophetic friends will keep on coming and asking me, God is saying something now. God is doing something now. What exactly is it? So everyone is doing that God is doing something, but then we didn't have articulation for what it was. We understood the 5784 door thing. That's, that's God has said it was an open door and blah, 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 blah. But the significance never, never launched until when it was, it is a season of recovery and restoration. That was the best way of branding what God is trying to do. Now, because of that language, I began to see the significance of what was happening. And I began to consecrate myself personally. That, okay, let me take advantage of this window and really see. Now, there's more things that have followed. But a major reason why I was able to consecrate myself the way I did was because I realized the significance of what was happening. So something that can actually hinder you receiving this thing is not realizing this thing is significant. Treating it as trivial. Taking it for granted. Saying, okay, it's January. Or is it a religious thing? Okay, we like praying and fasting. You know, there's a way we've been seeking. We've been on the mountain now for a very long time, since late last year, up basically since August, maybe July. I'll say August, September, into February. Ah, another one has come. And because you're not seeing the magnitude of what God is trying to do, and also realizing the fact that you're going to bed, there's a way that God does these things, where God's desire is to tie our spiritual prosperity with our natural prosperity, if we would allow him. Unfortunately, because of negligence and not valuing, people say that um, um, the things of God are foolishness to the person that's carnal. They're not important to you. So a major thing will be treating God's things um, like they're trivial or unimportant. Hallelujah. So I don't know if we took note of that. So what we're discussing is what are the things that would or could hinder you touching your recovery, Right? We're trusting the Lord that we're in the season of recovery and all the prayers we've prayed and would continue to pray um, is meant to birth something. We're birthing a new season in, in our lives, in the ministry. Hallelujah. So we wouldn't want to participate in all of this rigorous exercise 
and then there will be nothing to show for it. I don't know if I'm making sense. And if there's nothing to show for it, it's not because God is unfaithful. It's because there's just something we didn't get right. And so what we want to do is that we want to align ourselves properly so that we're sure that we're able to recover all. The way David recovered all and continued to be anointed, continued to his calling as the king of Israel. Hallelujah. So he's saying that one of the things that will make it impossible for you to harness what God has for you is to call these prayers trivial. You know, to say, I mean, why do we even have to pray all these prayers anyways? Why do we even have to do this? Why do we even have to do that? Why can't we just do it like this or why can't we do it like that? So when you do that, you have knocked yourself out. Technically, you've knocked yourself out. Okay? So please, let's be very careful so that we don't call it trivial. That's what, Paul, that's what Esau did. He didn't consider the weight of his inheritance. And he ignored it. He said, go ahead. You just go ahead. I'll give me food to eat. Birthright, is that what you want? Is that what's important to you? You can have it. <laughs> is, there any, is there any signboard on the head? Is there anything he's giving me? I can't see what he's giving me right now, so I don't need it. Right? So right now, as you speak, I don't even know where Esau is, whether he's in heaven or in hell. I don't know where he is. I can say for sure Adam is in heaven, right? But I can't say for sure where Esau is because in the New Testament, the Bible called him a fornicator. And then God said, I hate him. He said, Esau have I hated and Jacob have I loved. So it's crazy, right? So that's how, that's how serious it is when we consider things that are spiritually weighty. And that are tied to our destiny. You know, one of the reasons why you don't think your life is important or your prayers are important to God is because you don't know that you're a missing block in the house of God. If you ever consider yourself a critical part of God's house, you will know how important obeying what God is saying is. And then we will, I'm not saying you, we, including myself, we will take it seriously. Praise God. And this is another thing that I believe. I believe that this recovery, this recovery season that we're engaged in, particularly those in this, um, in this community, is tied to the prophetic word the Lord gave us in 2022. 2022, yeah, we've done one year already. 2022, September, gave us seven years um, for, he gave us a seven-year program, Right? And put before us a Hagen, a Moses, and a John the Baptist. Okay? Those are all fullnesses, fullness of operations. Um, so I believe that there are certain giftings in your life that if you do not hold it firmly, and that's, when that seven years comes, you might not be what you are meant to be. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I believe it's, you know, God is leading us. I just need us to backtrack. Those that have followed the ministry very closely that have been dedicated, just take, take, go check one year, one and a half years backwards and weigh all the instructions. Okay? And check whether you are aligning yourself to the instructions. If you don't align yourself to the instructions, whatever benefit it is, it will come and go. And you won't participate. You won't be a part of it. When Noah was building the ark, um, everybody was mocking him, right? Until the day the rain came. 
Now, when Noah was building the ark, the Bible likened Noah's building of the ark to building Christ. His physical stature didn't change. Do you understand? It didn't look any different. They never woke up one morning and saw the glory of God all over Noah's face. That was why they couldn't believe him. Assuming God did something spectacular over Noah. Maybe if he spoke one day, ah, everywhere we shake. Then one day, one ice block will just come down from heaven in front of them and melt away. Oh, you know. Because until, until Noah, it never rained on the earth. From the day of creation, it never rained on the earth. And I think we can backtrack from their years, how many years the earth had been uh, before Noah came. Over a thousand years, isn't it? Because Methuselah was the one that lived. And before Methuselah, men lived before then. So maybe like two or 2,000 years or 1,000 and something years, I don't know, it had never rained on the earth. So this man just comes to say it's going to rain on the earth. Why should I believe him? Ah, I beg. Let's move forward. So let that not be the posture of our heart. It's very important. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's take this thing very, very seriously. And if you haven't had, if the Lord hasn't spoken to you throughout this season, has not impressed anything on your heart, has not given you any dreams, have not given you any revelations, you need to press more. And I'm serious. And I'm not saying everybody must see visions. But I'm saying if the Lord has not given you a word, has not impressed anything on your heart, has not spoken to you, has not given you any revelation, you need to press more. When I started, I said, some people, I believe corporately we should be thanking the Lord because that's how you receive. That's the operation of faith. Faith is, yes, God has done it, right? I receive it. I believe it. That is faith. The type of faith that we used to receive from God. Praise God. That's how it works. Okay? And it's, it's, it's in every aspect of our life. As long as you're believing God for something, you must come to that place where you believe that God has done it. Otherwise, you will not receive it. You keep pushing it into the future. Okay, so anyone else that can, um, what, you, what, you, what you think could hinder, we just want to learn so that we'll go and cross all our T's and dot all our I's and labor effectively. Anyone else? Yes, if you're... Uh, praise God. I would like to read from James chapter 4. James chapter 4. I'll start from verse 1. It says, Where do wars and fights... I'm reading from the NKJV. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lost and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. So I'm going to repeat that. You do not have because you do not ask. That's the first one. And then the second one is verse 3. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, um, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? 
but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I'll read to verse 10. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Um, there, there are a couple of things that we can pick up from this passage, but I will start from the bottom, and I'll just touch on two things. The first one is verse 9. It says, Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Last week during PHB, um, okay, so last week during PHB, during the teaching, um, uh, Pastor Isibor spoke on Psalm 24 that says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, he that has clean hands and a pure heart. And so, if you go back to reference that teaching, you will understand that um, clean hands and a pure heart are foundational to receiving from the Lord, are foundational to accessing anything from the Lord. Um, in Psalm 119, I think verse 103, it talks about uh, God hating the double-minded, right? So, um, just speaking to verse 9, then verse 3 says, You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. So in, in this scripture, it's saying that, yes, we can ask, we can pray. But the reason that why we would pray and would not receive anything from the Lord is because we are asking so that we can spend it on our pleasures. And then it calls us, those that are asking amiss, adulterers and adulteresses and so when we read this sometimes there's a way that we can think that this thing is far away from us but it's very close to our hearts so when we say recovery i think let's ask ourselves what do we think that recovery is about it's not just about marriage it's not just about our jobs it's not about business sometimes these are the only things that are in front of us when we hear recovery but sometimes all of this is just for our personal gratification, right? I want more money in my account. I want, I don't know, we want something. And so we focus our recovery on just the things of life. But we have not focused recovery on the things of God. What are the things that God wants to do now that, has, that are not being done? Um, what is the earth supposed to look like right now? that it's not looking like right now what part of the gospel is supposed to have opened to us that has not opened to us let's go to the streets or and go and ask generally what even the church what they think that the gospel is and you find and you would find out that the gospel is not even preached are we laboring and intense intensely praying for the restoration of the gospel right so one of the reasons why we may pray and not receive is because we have not or we are not really touching the mind of God, what God really wants to push out in this season. So when God is crying recovery, we should desire and seek his heart for what he wants to restore. In Joel, he speaks about the years that the canker worm has stolen and the palmer worm and all of that. 
if you look at all those prophets, they were not looking at the physical things that Israel has lost. They were thinking about the restoration of the temple in Jerusalem, the restoration of the presence of God in their midst. You know, I, I listened to a teaching, I'm not sure who, and he, he, he gave an example about Moses. And he said, if, if Moses had gone to Egypt and just told the people, these are people that have built houses in Goshen, they have real estate, massive real estate, you know, they've taken over Egypt to the point that even the Egyptians are threatened. And then Moses will come and say, the Lord said, we should leave this land, it's taken to another place. They would have stoned Moses to death. Because how can the Lord have prospered us in this land and we are coming to carry us away from here? But God's intention is not for them to stay in Egypt. God's intention is to carry them away from Egypt and separate them as a people for himself and establish them in his presence. And so I think that, not just thinking, but basically from what scripture is saying, um, is that in this season, I believe that this season is still on and it's open, this, there's, a, there's, an, there's, a, there's an open door for a while. And one, one of the things I see is a restoration of what the gospel message is. Uh, we, we've, it has been lost for centuries before now, and so a lot of things have been restored right now. And so we're praying for the restoration of the gospel to come into the church. Um, and some of those other things, and even restoration in our life. But I think the important thing to highlight is that rest, when we speak about restoration, or when God is speaking about restoration, it's never about our lust or our satisfaction in the flesh. Right? So if you are going to spend five hours praying for restoration, don't spend four hours praying for marriage, business, job, family, all of that. Those things are important, but are those the things that are weighty on the mind of God when he has opened the door of restoration on the earth? So I think it's for us to seek what the heart or what is in the heart of God and then pursue those things and we would see tangible results. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, this is very powerful. Praise God. And um, I believe that anyone that paid attention, proper attention to the prayers, also so that we laid very strong emphasis on giftings, callings, and assignments. Giftings, callings, and assignments. Giftings, callings, and assignments. Giftings, callings, and assignments. So um, if there's anything God wants to restore in your life, the priority that God wants to restore in your life is what he sent you to the earth to do. You've gone in an opposite direction. That's your assignment. If you don't labor for it, you are a fool. Praise God. If you don't labor for it, you are a fool. You have missed it completely. We laid very strong emphasis on giftings, callings, and assignments. There are many people here that have gifts that is meant to lift this body up. Okay? So without those gifts in full operation, God, what God wants to do here will not be complete. Because someone here is meant to have this gift and is meant to have that gift and is meant to have that anointing, but the person doesn't have it. The person is not operating it. So because of that, we will, we will miss out of what God really, really wants to do. 
I'm talking about us now, the corporate body, the ecclesia, right? Praise God. There's a, someone here who ought to be carrying a burden, a prayer anointing. And your job is to face the world over one matter. The way Anne, the way uh, Simeon, the way Zechariah went the temple crying for the consolation of Israel. So if that person doesn't pick up that burden and burn it out, what God wants to do here is not complete. No matter how obedient the pastor is. Do you understand? There are people here, they are gifted, that should be here, that would have been gifted with strings, instruments, that when they strike it, the atmosphere, atmosphere here, will change. And impartation in a measure that you've never received, it will come to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Until they pick up those strings, they will never, will never be able to enter into that atmosphere that God has ordained for us. You understand what I'm saying? Aha. Uh -huh. And there are people like he was saying, your financial, like Francis was saying, your financial wealth is tied to the kingdom. Make no mistake about it. You know? So if you make your money, I know there was a time, there was a season when we were trusting the Lord. Our business had gone down under the under the under the drain. I mean, under it was under. It wasn't on the ground. It was under the ground. Trusting the Lord, our business had gone down under the under the under the drain. I mean, under trusting the Lord, our business had gone down under the under the under the drain. I mean, under trusting the Lord, our business had gone down under the under the under the drain. I mean, under.